You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 60 years of family culture. Join the Robson Civil Projects team for the opportunity of a lifetime. The Isuzu MUX is born to tow. Your rugby league coverage on SEN starts now. Welcome to NRL Crunch Time. Oh, yeah, it's Saturday. Don't we love it? The boys on the Mowers Club on fire this morning. Crunch Time brought to you by Isuzu. The D-Max born to tow. You can call 1300-01-1170. Remembering we come in with a very light rundown. Because you set the agenda, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. The text line oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. You can tweet us at eleven seventy sen. We're also on sen league as well. We welcome our listeners across the sen network. However, you're tuning in eleven seventy sen in Sydney, six ninety three senq in Queensland, sixteen twenty am sen the Gold Coast, as well as the listeners on the app and maybe those belatedly on the podcast. Uh, this man's getting very very comfortable in the chair, doing a wonderful job. Adrian Brzezinko, the Sydney Morning Herald chief. Rugby league reporter and two-time Walkley Award winner. G'day, Adrian. G'day, Sugar. How are you? Mate, uh, you're normally a left centre. You're playing right centre today, yes, I noticed. I know. I'm a, a bit discombobulated at the moment. <laughs> Very versatile. You're the Brian Tottle. We need to accommodate <laughs> this man here who has uh, just brought success uh, with him. Uh, the Dallium Coach of the Year in 2018. A Clydesdale of the Toowoomba variety, London Bronco, and uh, St. Esteve Maverick, Maverick, rather. It must be in France, is it? That, Anthony is, in, that is in France, yeah. Good to be here, Sugar and Adrian. Uh, sorry, mate, stealing your chair. Um, but, yeah, no, Saint-Estev is um, quite a famous French team that uh, joined with uh, Catalan Atres to uh, make the Catalan Super League team. So uh, Is that right? Yeah, had five months there as a young bloke. I think I was only uh, 20 years of age in between – sorry, 21 in between uh, leaving Brisbane Broncos and going to Canberra Raiders. They allowed me to have five months over there as a, as a young guy, which wasn't uncommon back yeah, then. Yeah, well. So uh, yeah, it, was, it was good down in Perpignan. Now, mate, congratulations. Uh, you uh, you didn't get the abuse that uh, Eddie got. <laughs> well, I did, just yeah. no one saw oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah, you did. Uh, well done, mate. Yeah. Amazing achievement for the team. Yeah, it was really great. It was a really enjoyable tour, Sugar. I think, um, you know, we had 36 players come across at the end of the, the England season. And probably what people don't understand is that it's only the second time in, in uh, English yes. rugby history to come out here and, and win a series. And, and both times Eddie Jones has been the head coach. So um, yeah, to be part of the group and... Um, you know, go down one nil and have to fight our way back into the series. As I said, it was just a really enjoyable coaching experience, really good tour as far as not just what happened on the field, but off the field. We try to make it a, a, a you know, a memorable experience uh, from a cultural perspective for the English players. And uh, I thought the way that um, Eddie managed that was outstanding. So, yeah, really enjoyable tour. Uh, ultra competitive. And, and that that's why he snapped back at that person, which is, you know, you talk about greatness and people who do great things. There's always something in them that's a little bit different to the norm. And I reckon that Eddie snapping back at people makes the person he is, which you get that. But with every part of that, you get you get all these wonderful coaching, uh, the things he got. Have you learned a lot from him? Yeah, certainly have. I've learned a lot from Eddie. Um, you know, he's a he's a, a leader in world sport in a lot of ways, and um, he's a very curious coach. But um, you know, he's 
been at the top level for a long time, and and in rugby union, the top level is international coaching, and yeah. and he's been there, done that, um, and uh, the most successful coach in uh, in English rugby history uh, from a winning percentage perspective. So he's been there for seven years. We got one year to go until the World Cup, which um, all going well. Um, you know, we'll we'll, um, we'll we'll work as hard as we can to try and get some success there. So what's your deal there with the English rugby? Yeah, union? so I'm I'm full time with England rugby um, until uh, next October, which is October 2023 which goes through to the World Cup. So we've got two more campaigns, which is the Autumn Series. Uh, we've got four tests in the Autumn over there in England, Six Nations, and then the World Cup. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a great experience. As I said, I've learned a lot from Eddie. Uh, and, you know, I think uh, I'm you know, a much better coach for, for having gone through the, this yeah. experience, yeah. Have you – is there any part of you that thinks about coaching rugby or you're an absolute rugby league man when it comes to being a head coach? Look, I was – quite public about I would have put you forward as the West Tigers coach personally but um, they've gone down another path and that's fine um, my Adrian my reason for pushing Siebes forward is in racing parlance right and a lot of the professional punters they'll see a horse that's it's not always about the performance of the horse uh, because things can happen externally whatever the case may be different climate different conditions but they look at the betting and the professionals who may have backed something in so for me I see Siebes coach of the year at South Sydney Rabbitohs, then you get a major powerhouse like Broncos to do all the due diligence and sign it off. Now, for whatever reason, and you'll attest to this, Siebes, it didn't pan out probably how you wanted it to, but still the professionals would see that and go, okay, well, it worked at South, a powerhouse club. Maybe not to what they wanted to do at the Broncos, but this bloke clearly has got major things going his way. And I felt for the Tigers, he would be a massive uh, addition to what we could have there. But what do you take of that? Well, just a few years ago, he won the Dallium Coach of the Year. Yeah. And I would imagine that for all of those experiences, whether they be at South Brisbane or with rugby now with Eddie Jones, he's only going to be a better coach. And he's actually been in the furnace. He's, he's put his head in there. There's a lot of guys that we're talking about, whether they be Cameron Serraldo or Christian Rulf yeah. or Josh Hannan. I'm sure they're all very talented, but you don't know if you can do it until you've done it. And we know that Siebes has done it and been there before and, um, I'm sure, you know, if he was given an o- another opportunity, he'd do a fantastic job. Well, it's not my style just because you hear him saying, oh, we had Robbie Farrell on the phone the other day, and I said, Robbie, I'll be honest with you, I'm wishing you all the best, and I, I certainly am, but I would have gone a different direction, it, only because I thought that the West Tigers maybe had potentially discredited the value of the assistant coaches and what they bring to the table. Benji hasn't coached, Robbie hasn't coached, Tim's been out of the game for 10 years. So I was just being honest in my opinion, and I hope I'm bloody wrong. I want nothing more than to see the Tigers succeed. But, Steve, this is the ironic thing out of all of this, and this is what I find quite funny. You were a, a, a very hyped-up candidate going into 2018, but four years later you would say to yourself, the 2022 Anthony Seabold would school the 2018 oh, yeah. Anthony Seabold. Is that a fair comment? Yeah, no doubt about that at all. It's, it's actually interesting talking to, uh, you know, Eddie was t- talking to me about it the yeah. other day on, on our car ride home. We were out of Penrith the other day and I, um, you know, shared the journey back with, with Eddie to, to Coogee to drop him off and, and we actually sp- spoke about that. But I, I know that myself. I'm much, much, look, I'm, it's almost like chalk and cheese yeah. uh, as a coach to where I was when I was appointed um, at South Sydney the end of 2017, and, and I had been lucky enough to be an assistant coach at Origin level prior to that, and, and worked for Craig Bellamy prior to that, and coached my own team um, in the second division in England and in the Queensland Cup, and with Melbourne Storm under 20s and so on. So I felt as though, you know, a 12 or 13 year journey to that point, I, I felt ready, but four years later, um, you know, almost five years later, in, in a lot of ways, um, like yeah, I'm so much more rounded. I, yeah. I I get it. Look, I did some things that. Um, 
you know, um, I would do it a little bit differently. Um, what would you do differently? So would you not go to the Broncos in the first yeah, place? Would I you stay at the Bunnies? I would go to the Broncos. <laughs> would that have been, if you could change yeah, one thing, would that no, have been no, it? Of course, of course, of course. And and I've said this before, actually, on SEN, um, yeah, it, it became a business decision in the end. Yeah. Because, and look, and I don't mean to, to, to um, you know, correct somebody, but I heard Dan and Cam talk, because I, I listened to SEN, yeah. I heard Dan and Cam talk yesterday about, a supposed a PowerPoint that he did to the Broncos. I, you know, there's a lot of misinformation. About a PowerPoint you did? Yeah, to get right. the job at the Broncos right. and so on. I, I, I never did a PowerPoint. I mean, um, I was offered the role before I had done any presentations to, um, you know, to the Broncos. So, um, look, I, in hindsight, I made a business decision which went pear-shaped. I will say this, though. In our first year, they thought we did a hell of a job to make the semifinals. Now, Adrian's team, the Parramatta Eels, were on fire and, and blew us away, which was, you know, really disappointing and embarrassing way to finish our year. But I think if we had have been competitive that day, most people with, with – I think we had 11 guys make their debut for the club yeah. that year. Most people would have thought, you know what, coming in six six weeks into the preseason, that would have been a good year. Now, we started the following year really well. And – the mistakes we made was over that COVID period. And oh, we, you were two from two into COVID. Yeah, we were two, yeah. two from two into COVID. And then we had some guys operated who missed the start of the, the resumption of play. And, and I didn't handle that that um, period well at all. But it, one thing I reflect on um, is I've been a professional coach now for 17 years. And I'm not going to let an 11-week period where we only won one, one out of 11 games uh, have an impact on my thoughts about coaching, yeah. um, what I want to do next. Um, look, if I came back to the NRL, I've, I've, no doubt there'd be some criticism in some corners from, from, from media and so on. But you know what? I don't make my decisions on what other people think. Um, I'm loving doing what I'm doing with Eddie at the moment. Uh, I've been there for 11 tests. We've won seven out of the 11 tests. Um, as I said before, I've got great experiences from um, both success and failure in my short time as a head coach. And, uh, and I've been lucky enough to, to work, you know, at origin level and for guys like Craig Bellamy. So I feel like I, I've got a pretty well-rounded experience and, and whatever, um, you know, comes up next, what I'm trying to do, and I reckon this is the mistake that young coaches can yep. can fall into, what I'm trying to do is actually enjoy this moment. Yeah. Like, enjoy this moment. Like, I, I really enjoyed the tour because I was really focused on staying in the moment, coaching, coaching as best I could, not looking ahead thinking, oh, you know, I wonder what I'm going to do after the World Cup or, you know, I wonder if there's going to be opportunities presented to me. Just stay in the moment, coach as good as you can. And if you do a really good job, you know what happens. Like, p- people understand that. Yeah. And one of the things that I've gone over there, um, there's a little bit of criticism when Eddie employed me, but a lot of that's uh, been diluted now because I've gone over there, done a decent job, and, um, and you know, people just get on with it now. So uh, really good, best best mate of mine, Stephen Price. He's at the Sharks. He he got given the job as a 30-year-old or something at the famous club, the Dragons. So yeah. similar circumstances. And then you just get put to the back of the queue. You know what I mean? And this is a bloke who, um, he was the defence coach to Wayne Bennett when they broke that drought. He was the defence coach to Flanagan yeah. when they broke that Great drought. Coach. He's a defence coach. And, but the reason I bring this up, so he's based on what you said, I've never seen him happier. Yeah. He's just, Great the pressure's coach. off. And, he, you know, he got Warrington to a grand final. He got him to, they won a Challenge Cup. It is a brutal, brutal occupation, and I just find it amusing how you go to the back of the queue all of a sudden. Yeah, I look, um, Pricey, um, I saw him actually a couple of yeah. weeks ago. The head of performance of England was was Pricey's oh, yes. head of performance, John Clark, Clarkie, who, who's yeah. a, is a great trivia person, right. really good at his job. Um, but he just speaks, you know, so highly of of, of what Pricey did at Warrington yeah. there. And and, and you're right, um, he's probably happy as as anything there, working for Fitzy and and a Cronulla, who he knows really well, having been an assistant before there. But, um, yeah, he's a really good coach. And 
if you look at where he's now in his career to when he was first appointed as a Dragons coach, you can't tell oh, that, that, exactly. he's a much better coach now. So, you know, I get that. And, and I don't even know if he has ambitions to, to want to be the head coach again. He may, may not. I don't, we don't talk about that sort of stuff. But, uh, Seebs, one last thing with the lamp heavily on you. So you, the very first thing you said was, well, look, if I could, I could have stayed at the Bunnies, I would have stayed there. Going to the Broncos, if you could change one thing about going there, is there something that you think, oh, geez, I wish I'd have done that or... You, you know what? Like, I think a lot about this. What I tried to do was probably go there and um, and, and one of the things what they, they spoke to me about when they made the change was um, it had been done a certain way for 30 years. So um, Ivan Henjak had been Wayne's assistant, took over, nothing changed. Anthony Griffin had been the under-20s yeah. coach, then Ivan's assistant, took over, nothing changed. Wayne come back, you know. So what they were trying to do, they they'd essentially had been 30 years. The way they described it, they'd been 30 years of doing the same thing. They wanted... Um, a, a change, yeah. right? So I went in there and made a whole heap of changes and that probably upset a lot of people, whether it's staff, ex-players, whatever. And a lot of people didn't want me there to start with, you know, sugar that, let's not beat around the yeah. bush. Um, but like I said, um, I tried to do it a different way. Perhaps what I should have done is kept the DNA of what was there. You know what I mean? And I, I think about, you know. Um, so even though you know in your heart what's best to get results in your mind you still got to play the game, don't you? Well, yeah. it's it's not, you know, the the senior players there had been doing yeah. something the same way for a long time. Now, the young guys are, uh, you know, you can mould them. And, and the young guys were, were fantastic there. And the thing that I do get from my time at the Broncos, I get great enjoyment seeing guys like Patrick Carrigan, Tom Dean, who's now at the Cowboys, you know, Xavier Coates, who's at the Storm. Those types of guys, like, just, just go on and grow. Because we knew what we had there. Yeah. We just couldn't, we, we just couldn't manage the time. Well, the club couldn't manage the time, and I couldn't manage that time. From zero games to where they are now, which is like for a lot of those guys, sixty and seventy games. But um, yeah, of course, I made a lot of mistakes. Yeah, I, I think I did some good things too. I, I, you know, but as I said, there's a lot of misinformation around. I, I don't mean to 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 pull up Dan in here. But no, no. He said something yesterday about standards at the Broncos when I was there, and, and around um, um, you know, a PowerPoint presentation and so on. That, that's just and that I was a one year rugby league coach. I'd been working for, for thirteen or fourteen years. Mm. I think I showed people what I could do at the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Um, but that's just the mis- misinformation that is around. But, um, like, I've let that go. I have uh, moved on. Um, it was a tough time um, and, and tough challenge. But you take the learnings, you move on. Um, love and doing what I'm doing at the moment. If I was ever to come back in the NRL as a head coach or as a senior assistant coach, there's no doubt that I'm a much better coach for having gone through that experience. And, um, yeah, as I said, I'm trying to enjoy the moment, mate. Because sometimes, well, you, like, yeah. even as a player, you sometimes you don't. You think, oh, what's next? What's Chasing next? the wind. Just enjoy it. You know, stay in the moment. If that's the advice I could give it to, to any young coach or any young player. So he's well said. I've got no doubt you're going to come back and have enormous success. I, I, I value so much as a coach. Uh, Adrian, one thing that I've picked up in my time, if you're studying form guides, Wayne Bennett is a great share trader. If he's selling shares, you don't want to buy them, right? So... You look at all the coaches who have followed Wayne. It is he knows where a roster's at. He knows the time to leave somewhere. He's a hard act to follow, isn't he? And he's often anointed the person that's come in after him, and they've struggled. Whether and, it be, and maintains ties with some of the people, whether it be you know Hinjack you yeah. mentioned, or was it Price as Pricey, well? Yeah. Um, yeah, a couple of times. So and Brown, Brown, Brownie had the uh, Brown, the big headline comments up there in Newcastle. Absolutely. But it's just interesting what you're saying about Sieves in that. He was probably talked about in 2017 the way, say, Cameron Serraldo yeah. is talked about now as in that, you know, the, the next guy that um, as soon as an opportunity arises. And, you know, it's interesting in that you've been probably in the two biggest brands in, in rugby league, in sport, and 
culturally they'd be so different as well. Like South Sydney, obviously there's a lot of attention prior to the league. Yeah. Um, you know, Russell Crowe, uh, big name owners. And the Broncos as well, I mean, they move the needle in Queensland and, and there's all that thing about the relationship with the Courier-Mail, with the ex-players. There's a whole different subset of pressures, I'd imagine. Yeah, certainly. I mean, you, you're in the spotlight there. There's no doubt about that. Like the Broncos is the big show in town. and You've only got to go there for Magic Weekend and see all the Broncos banners up around yeah. the, the city streets and, and so on. And, and that's the thing that you love about the Broncos. You know what I mean? Like, it's, 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 the, big, it's the big thing in town. And uh, when it's going well, like it is at the moment, I, and I, I genuinely am happy for the Broncos that they're seeing some success. Now, um, I haven't spoken to Kevy for, for a couple of years, but um, I work with Kevy at Melbourne Storm and also Queensland, so it's great to see him success. People think that you want people to do poorly after you finish up. No, you don't. No. He just wasn't the right club for me, um, and I probably didn't have the... I suppose uh, the gumption to, to keep going there um, because it was, you know, it was it was a probably a bit of a toxic environment at that particular time, and I don't mean the club itself. I mean the yeah. the, the whole rigmarole around, um, you know, what was going on at the time and the spotlight on on the club and, and myself. Um, so it was the right right thing to do for us to, to part ways. There's no doubt about that. And Kevy's come in, who's a legend of the club, and he's done a fantastic job. And looks as though they're going to push hard for the top four this year, but. Um, what I will say is th- those younger players who we, we you know, gave the booze to or, or guys like Payne Hass had only played one or two games, you know, those guys are, are playing good football. So they knew that there. I think Ben Eichen and, and Dave Donahue have probably added to the club as well. Not yep. to su- suggest that Paul White, um, you know, Whitey was a, a fantastic CEO, but to have somebody like a Ben Eichen in that role who can take pressure off Kevy, that's enormous. And yep. you think of guys like Frank Panisi at... Melbourne Storm, you think of Shane Richardson and what he did for me at South Sydney, he took all that peripheral pressure off me. Like, mm. I could just focus on the main thing. And yep. the main thing was preparing the team to play each and every single week. And what Shane Richardson did was he was able to look longer term at rosters, salary caps, and, and all the things that uh, an assistant coach like a Cameron Serraldo or an Andrew Webster and those guys who are really good coaches or Craig Fitzgibbon, when they go into the top job, that's the difference. It's almost like walking in a, to yeah. a different uh, occupation. I'm sure you've heard head coaches talk about that. It's it's totally different. Assistant coach is all about relationships, the X's and the O's. But as a head coach, there's so much more that you can get dragged away from the main job. So having a strong person around you and someone who's well-organised around you, it, it makes an enormous difference. And as I said, um, you know, I'm sure that Ben Eichen's doing a good job for Kevy there. Adrian, the great challenge that both Webster and Serraldo have or will have is – they don't have a Webster or Serraldo underneath them. And and that's what Ivan currently has. He has these two yeah, yeah. Uh, coaches behind him, which is all part of it, and which Ivan's played a major part in as well. Speaking of Ivan Cleary, uh, his son, and I use this saying all the time, sometimes the best gifts come badly wrapped. But, Anthony, I'd love your point of view on this because Jerome Lewis is out for an extended period of time. Nathan Cleary now last night. I think everyone agrees it was a pretty fair charge. Grade three? Yeah, grade three. That was Fairly comparable with Carl Lawden yep. and Brett Naden, who both got grade three. So it's five weeks if he takes his medicine. Which he will, won't he? You would think so. Six if he contests it. Um, the club usually uses Nick Gabar. Yep. Um, I had a chat to him this morning to get his opinion, and he, he said, take your medicine. Take your you medicine. Know, so, yeah, it'll it'll basically mean that he goes into the finals without playing a game. Um, and it's an interesting situation for them in that, obviously, Jerome Woolwise out. Kurt Falls has a shin issue oh, and wow. he's been out for a month. So he's not a certain thing to be available for selection next week. So, but as you said, you know, sometimes you can get a positive out of this. Uh, we can test the depth of the squad. 
Um, and Nathan gets a, a bit of a freshen up just before the finals. And ideally, you would have had one game beforehand, but I don't think they're going to go down that route. That, so, that, so that, from, they can't contest Yeah, it. from a coaching point of view in this scenario, they've had a few big years, right? So the fact that Nathan and, and uh, Jerome and Stephen Crichton, for that matter, can have a bit of a rest before finals, but you do risk losing that fluency and that momentum and what's your point of view from a coach's spot? Yeah, I mean, that's the only risk you take. But look, I think one of the things you've seen over the last few years, that last round, the clubs who have cemented their spot in the top four have often rested yep. players. Over the, you know, Melbourne Storm have done, I think maybe Penrith did it last year as well. Uh, Roosters, I think, have done it in the past. But generally speaking, they might do that the last round. Now, look, it's an extended spell. But Nathan Cleary in some ways probably, um, you know, We'll, we'll enjoy that freshen up. He gets time to work on the physical um, side of his game. But he's still training, isn't he? So yeah. it's not like an injury like a Jerome Luai who's got an injury yes. and can't train in the seconds. I mean, Nathan Cleary will train in the seconds against the first team. So he's essentially playing you know, first grade every single week at their training session. So, look, I think it's an opportunity for him to work on some physical attributes in his game, sharpen up the weapons from a, yep. um, you know, from a, a game perspective. And, um, you know, I think there are four games out in front at the moment uh, in front of the Cowboys who uh, have done a, a great job this year. But So they're locked away in the top four. They're probably locked away with regards to the minor premiership. Sean O'Sullivan, I think that, um, you know, we've seen growth in his game this year. Every time he's played, like even last night in a, a team that um, only had one half of the Sean did a, a good job. He started the game exceptionally well. Um, so, yeah, give some other guys an opportunity there. And the thing about their club, they've got depth, haven't they? So you look at their second grade side, I think they're sitting second at the moment um, in the New South Wales yep. Cup. Um, I watched them train there the other day. You know, they've got some really you know, talented youngsters coming through there. So it'll be another opportunity for, for one of the Panthers guys coming through. So what do you grades. do at training then? So, you know, Nathan is still training. So how much of the time are you putting him in at first receiver versus Sean O'Sullivan, for example? Like, are you thinking long-term? Are you are you thinking we've got to just keep ticking away here? Like, how does that play out? Oh, look, I think initially, they'll, whoever the, the six and the seven is, you know, they'll be in the, the you know, the main team and, and you know, Nathan will, will be in the second team. Uh, but what he gets an opportunity to do, so I'm not sure who they're playing next week off the top of my head, but whoever it is next week, Nathan can actually be the halfback who gets that team around and, yes. and, and plays as whoever the opposition is next week. You know what I mean? So yep. he's the best halfback just, well, you know, yeah. he's certainly the best top two halfback. Best opposed halfback we've ever seen. So have Nathan Cleary yeah. run your, your, your second team and um, yeah, that's the benefit That's the benefit that he'll get. It's not as though he's an injured, uh, or an injury rather where he can't train. Raiders. So they've got Raiders into Storm, uh, Rabbitohs, Warriors, Cowboys. So potentially that last one could be for the minor premiership. Um, they used to get $200,000 for the minor premiership. Post-COVID, it's only $100,000. Yeah, right. But I, I don't think that matters. Like You just want to make sure that you're in the best shape possible yeah. going be, into the final series. And, and Adrian, they'll be guaranteed, like whether they finish first or second, they'll be guaranteed a home game, home, you know, home, home, final. Semi, home final that first weekend. I think the other thing is Nathan Cleary will do a f- fair job as Jamal Fogarty this week. Oh. So <laughs> I've got a good preparation. Best Jamal Fogarty we've ever seen. Uh, have you say one three hundred oh one eleven seventy? We will get to these texts very shortly as they're flying through as well. Quick comment, boys, on the Marty to Power request. Uh, we have we got an update on that. Of Parramatta or Manly rather come forward and said, yeah, we're happy to do so. At this point, they're, they're saying no, no. Oh, they're saying no. no. They're saying no. So they believe they're still in the running, uh, despite the fact they're two points behind the Roosters, five games to go, uh, four and against is a major problem there. Have you got a view on this, Seabs? Yeah, well, I mean, they're still in the, the, the running for the top eight. Yeah. Um, I think back to um, 
releasing Robbie Farah um, when I was at South Sydney, back to the West Tigers. Um, the reason why we did that, we had Damien Cook in that position who was um, you know, playing yep. outstanding football. So the best thing for Robbie was to go there. Marty's in the 17 every single week. So yeah. I get where Des Hasler and the Manly Club are coming out, you know, that they're in they're in that sort of fight for the top eight position, aren't they? Um, and Marty Tapao is a quality player, so I can understand one of the the the, the competitors to the top eight of Parramatta, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, I know they've jumped yeah, up a couple of spots right. now, so yeah. I mean, I I get that, I get that. So you make a decision what's best for you, the player, and the club. And if they feel as though Marty Tapao is in their best seventeen, and there's still a chance of the finals. Um, I understand completely that they want him to stay and, and finish the job there at Manly. And that's a rule that's been manipulated. Like that's a fall, you know, a fallout from COVID, and the whole idea is oh, that, a rule. Yeah, absolutely. So it used to be, you know, the um, July one deadline. It's now August one, and, yep. and that was so that if clubs got a whole heap of players that, that you know got the Rona, that they could still field a squad. And Parramatta obviously tried it on. If they'd said yes, Muddy Tabal would be playing against Parramatta next week. That's right. So, I mean, why would you do them a favour? I can understand them. They've obviously got the two potentially best props in the game, but having another, you know, middle like him would have been a huge boost for them. But there's no upside for Manly at this stage. The two biggest rorts to it, which I I totally disagree, the whole idea of the salary cap is to create some kind of equality, right? And this whole idea of being able to have last year, Penrith, for example, rugby league gods intervened, but to only have to spend 100 or 150 to have potentially a $700,000 player available to you on grand final, which is the only day that really bloody matters at the end of the day. You didn't need that player throughout the year because you're already sitting in the top four. I find it ridiculous. And the other part I find ridiculous is the idea that you can release a player. So we're almost incentivizing teams to do it. You can release a player to free up some cash to then for pay forward somebody else. So then essentially next year, You've got to so if you can pay forward three hundred thousand dollars, you're essentially manipulating the cap the next year by three hundred thousand dollars. It's farcical, in my opinion. But the Panthers did it so well with Tavita Pangai Jr. It, it, like within the was, rules, yeah, yeah. But he he was like crucial for them at the back end of the year. Um, obviously, we're seeing with Matt Lodge at the Roosters. Yep. Storm have got um, you know a lack of depth in their outside back, so they've gone for David Nofaluma. And I guess if you're the Tigers, you say, well, he's playing reserve grade. We're paying him a lot of money. We can free up a, a six-figure amount, and that can prepay, or, or, or we can use that to retain or recruit someone else. It's just ridiculous, Steve's. It, it, look, it, it's strange, right? Yeah. It is strange, and you're right. Like, it used to be July 1st, wasn't it? So I think, um, you know, it's a legacy of, of 2020, the August 1st date. Um, but the smarter clubs, I, I've got to say that. Like, you know, for instance, Melbourne Storm – deliberately left a spot because you have to it, yeah they've, yep. they've deliberately left a spot and they've done that like i think back to well clint newton one year brett finch another year yep. uh 2014 it was marika corabetti um mm. that i was at the storm at the time they bought in um to finish the year so traditionally they've done that and done that exceptionally well tavita pangai made an enormous impact and in some ways that um preliminary final last year tavita pangai went out there and he was robust to start the game. Now, he didn't play in the grand final, but he had a significant impact in the preliminary, uh, yeah, the preliminary final against Melbourne. Yeah, 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 yeah. In that particular game. So, yeah, look, it's um, it's smart play by some, but it is, you know, it it is quite strange. It is quite strange, I've got to say. I said to uh, Fletch on on the show, at the very start of the year, on the back of Tavita Pengai Jr., I said, mate, you can spend $150,000 on a 30th player you may not use, or you can keep that $150,000 for August yeah. and get an $800,000 player. Yeah. It's so stupid. So if you're a West Tigers fan and you've got David Nofaluma's number on your jersey, are you wearing that around the streets at the moment? Well, uh, well, you know what? 
if he's going to help him next year with the cap, he's actually doing him a favour. I don't personally care for wooden spoons. Uh, people are against it. They say, oh, he's left him deserted the wooden spoon. If you're more chance of doing better next year, I think that's bigger picture. People can't tell you the last 10 wooden spoon winners. They can tell you the last 10 premiership winners. I want to ask you this one, Siebs, though, just on this. I personally, and I'm, I've been using Jacob Kiraz as a bit of an example. I would, and, and a lot of Canterbury supporters won't agree with this, and I also understand that. I would actually go to a Melbourne Storm and say, listen, or whoever the case may be, do you want to have Jacob Kiraz for six weeks? Um, we get back a better player who's experienced finals. and But then people are insecure about the player, potentially want to say that. But you can put things in contract about that. What do you think about that? Do you see benefit in letting a good young kid like that? I don't see benefit in letting a Matt Burton go. He's already been there, done yeah. that. But a Kiraz, for example. Yeah, I certainly see benefit in that. And and if you look at the to the English model, you know, both in the Premier League soc, but also in the Super League, the loan systems have been in place for, for well, forever really. Yeah. Um so I think it's you know, I think it's a, a positive thing. Like I would um if I was Bulldogs and they're out of the finals playoff, but they were looking for Jacob, who is a talented player, you know, yep. can play centre, can play wing. If he gets an opportunity to go down there and, and, and train in that system, even if it's only for six or, or seven weeks, and he plays a couple of games, yeah. I see benefits now. Harry Grant is probably the, I suppose, the um, the, the person that benefited most going the other way yes. as well, because they had Cameron Smith there in 20, uh, 2020, and Harry went to the Tigers. And, and Tigers, like, he was outstanding for the Tigers. I remember... Um, some of the performances there that Harry, you know, put put on. He led the um, Dalian. Well, yeah, like he was outstanding with the yeah. top. So that was a win-win. But the other way, you know, going to a club that needed someone he, in his position because they already had the the, the great in Cameron Smith. And as you say, most teams would put something in place. Say, look, if Cameron gets injured, we bring Harry back. Um, you know, he signed for another two years. So you wouldn't let them go there coming off contract yes. and think, okay, I like it down here. Yeah, that's so right. You, you know, you'd have things in place, but I see some benefits for it. Yeah. Well, Sugar, I, I talked to Sheenzy about uh, David Nofaluma and I said, well, what's the upside for you? And he said, yeah. there's a guy who's probably a little bit stale, has never played finals footy, will get an opportunity to do that at a good system. He's a guy that lifts for big occasions. Like, for instance, he, he was involved in the Pacific yep. tests and he said that, that he got a lot out of that. So the prospect of going and having a change. That's gonna get. That's gonna be good for him. He's gonna come back a better player to us next year. He would have been what? It has been a major problem for Coach Bellamy, which is not always a winger's fault. Their right edge just keep getting picked apart. Eddie Cosy got three last night. Uh, anyway, have your say. One three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Heaps of texts, calls to come through on the other side of this. The text line oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. Adrian Prezenko, Anthony Seabold, I'm Joel Kane. Heaps more to come on the other side of this. All thanks to Isuzu. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.